Hey everyone, you are listening to A Walk Across Texas State. I'm Bridget Sarbu, and I'm joined by Tori Graham, and I'm also here with our producer, Zachary Webb. So we are all actually coming to you through Zoom, and we are not in the same room because COVID and its <laughs> obnoxiousness. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. I think it's fair to <laughs> call it That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> Um, I think oh, well, I'm at work at Texas State, uh, secluded in an office with a door, and uh, Tori and Zachary are in their homes. Tori's yes. in her closet. I'm in my closet, <laughs> surrounded by lots of clothes. Great time. Are you sweating yet? Yes. It is a little <laughs> warm in here. It's a little warm when you shut all the doors, and yes, it's fine, though. It's like a, it's like a hermit place just (laughs) cozy and snuggly in your closet Mm -hmm. i'll just never forget last time we recorded when zachary was like just leave it up you know leave the recording (laughs) studio up i'm like bro i can't get in my closet so (laughs) can't happen from my perspective like in in my house in this room like the audio stuff takes precedence so i've i've had many a closet where (laughs) i had like two you know shirts and then just a plethora of microphones everywhere. So to me, it's normal. You know? I guess yeah. that's fair. I just need to realign my priorities. Hey, yeah. maybe <laughs> when, you know, when this really takes off, maybe this will just become my studio and I'll stuff the clothes, I don't know, on the kitchen table. I don't know. Well, the yeah. tricky thing is you need the clothes for the dampening. Otherwise, you get oh, that's true. the reverb. So you have to just kind of work around everything. You know? But I mean, if we really make it, you just make that closet into like this plush place, like, you know, curtains and I guess drapery and yeah. yeah. So so where can the listeners send their donations? <laughs> <laughs> we need to make a Venmo. Yeah. We'll make a walk across Texas State Venmo. There we go. Well, today we had the pleasure of talking with Ross Wood and we talked with him about managing change successfully and all the various changes he's made in his career path and even talked about change right now during this unprecedented time with COVID. So we had a blast and we think that you'll really love to hear what he has to say. So here we go. Well, perhaps I will start us off and uh, see Ross, if you could tell us a little bit about your career journey. About my career journey. So really, it's pretty diverse. Um, I've had a chance to do um, lots of different areas, which I think really has helped me kind of in the career world and the career advising world. But started in higher education, was an admissions counselor recruiter for um, a university. So Sam Houston State University recruited there. Well, even before that was in the grocery business, you know, the first high school jobs, uh, was a shoeshine boy, um, <laughs> learned uh, as a summer gig, so um, was a sacker, stocker, um, service manager, so kind of made my way through the grocery. That's what got me through college. And then graduating, had the opportunity to go and work for Sam Houston as an admissions counselor, so stayed on the admissions side of the house and did that for a little bit. And um, when I got out of it, uh, actually joined the Marine Corps. I didn't join the Marine Corps until I was 25. Military was one of those things that midway through high school, um, you know, you're not sure what you want to do. I thought about midway through college when you're still trying to figure out what your major is, wasn't sure what I wanted to do and thought about it. 
And then after working for a couple of years, it just kept coming back around in my head. And I'm one of those kind of guys that I want when I'm older, uh, that my I wished I had done list to be small. And so um, went ahead and, and took that leap and joined the Marine Corps at 25. I already had my degree, um, but I enlisted in the Marine Corps. I um, wanted to learn how to wear the boots before I told somebody else how to and was going to go into an officer program, but I was doing more in the military um, enlisted in the job that I was doing as a combat correspondent, public affairs in the military than I would have been doing as an officer. So I kind of stuck with that, um, had the opportunity to get my master's degree while I was in the military, military helped pay for some of that. So that was kind of cool. Coming back out of the military after four years, I uh, went back into admissions, um, had a chance to work for then SWT. So hmm. uh, the second time I've worked for the university, but that was back in the SWT days and uh, was assistant director of admissions, uh, helped with the recruiting side as well, but got a chance to run orientation visitation days for the university. Um, didn't graduate from Texas State, but I always say is if you do orientation for a university, you kind of eat, drink, and breathe the place. So I <laughs> feel like I've got a lot of Bobcat blood uh, in me. I uh, did orientation back at Sam Houston as well in admissions, so kind of had those two worlds going. Um, had the opportunity to go out of that and got into the Chamber of Commerce business. So I was executive director oh, cool. for a Chamber of Commerce and learned uh, economic development, really got into economic development in that area, which led to working for the state, Texas Department of Economic Development. Did that for a little bit. Got into the wine business. I know it seems all Ooh. kinds of weird, all over the place kind of area. But, um, well, from Texas Department of Economic Development, got a chance to work for a nonprofit organization in economic development, small business finance. That's where I met my business partner. Um, and we kind of branched off and did our own little winery for a little bit. So I was in corporate communications marketing for a winery. And then small business, uh, like small businesses do sometimes. We couldn't afford both of us. So uh, took a little uh, hiatus from that, uh, got into the retail side of the, of the world and was in, worked for the container store for a year mm. and visual marketing. And um, the retail side was fun, amazing place to work. But I really kept missing higher ed. I kept missing students. Um, that's what kind of, um, I kept my thumb on the heartbeat of kind of higher ed for a long period. And it just kind of kept coming back up but had the opportunity to come back to Texas State. Obviously, now it was Texas State University. And <laughs> in August, uh, so this August will be eight years back into higher ed. And getting a chance to work with students is what kind of feeds my soul. That's really cool. There, there are so many different avenues that you went down. So when, when you came to the point where you wanted to make the change, what propelled you through the various changes you made? Does that make sure. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, each time it's kind of a little bit different. Life will push you that way sometimes. Uh, so uh, when I got uh, married, then it was uh, just happened to be that uh, when I was working at SWT, um, my now wife was a coworker. Um, she did not report to me, did not sign <laughs> paychecks, anything like that. So let's get that out of the way On right the now. Record. <laughs> On the record. Um, but uh, then at the time, once we um, got married, it just didn't seem quite the same. Um, and, and actually, we got married right before, um, I mean, when we had left. But uh, the Chamber of Commerce opportunity came up, and I had learned about it. I'd always been curious about that area. And so saw an opportunity there and uh, 
gave us that opportunity to kind of move into a different area. The Chamber of Commerce stuff was awesome. Event planning, getting a chance to really work with small businesses and economic development was not on my radar. And so that turned out to be a huge part of that job. And so that led to networking and getting a chance to work people at the state level for economic development. And that's where I found out about that kind of role. So really it's kind of staying networking, obviously huge factor, um, but kind of staying loose and flexible to kind of see where life's going to take you. And that's kind of those opportunities that uh, presented themselves. Um, So, you know, it's just being open to things and seeing what possibilities are out there. And uh, that's kind of what led to some of those initial changes. I know you mentioned that networking was kind of essential into you changing careers, but I know sometimes what can be um, a roadblock for people is when they don't necessarily have experience. And that's kind of what people are looking for to get into that field. So were there things you did to try to get knowledge about the fields you were trying to go into to try to make that transition easier? That's a good question. Probably not necessarily trying to get the experience side, but again, trying to understand what skills and abilities I did have that I could showcase to get into those worlds. And, you know, back then I didn't know it was called soft skills or now we call them marketable skills, but it was still a lot of those soft skills is problem solving, critical thinking, communication. You know, I I was flexible, adaptable. I've always been a team player, um, always willing to just kind of jump in there and do things and help with things. So with networking, going to conferences, engaging with people, you know, I've always been, Hey, let me just, if there's a box to pick up, I'm going to pick up that box. If there's a chance to talk to somebody or help with something, you know, I've been willing to do that. And so those combinations of that kind of networking is putting yourself out there a little bit, showing you're willing to kind of do whatever, and then trying to, it's a lot of self-reflection what skills do I have that, you know, so it's not as completely as scary a leap of faith uh, once you do it. But then once I got into the different areas was then trying to, man, read, do, go to, you know, learn, you know, continuing education, uh, going to look what certifications I need to get, uh, getting that training opportunities. If, you know, if your employer allowed, look for those training opportunities, look for those conferences, look for those opportunities to, grow. And then that's kind of what helped me too. As you look back over your life of managing those changes, can you tell us some examples times you really managed that change well, and then maybe other times that you didn't manage the change well? Hmm. Let me think about that. So managing the change well, probably, well, going back in from going into higher education, going in military, big change there coming back out was I wanted to find something that at least was familiar. So getting back into higher education, you know, was a familiar role. And even though it was a big transition going from military and that world was a big change, even come back into higher education, I'll, I'll no doubt about that. But I think I managed it well because it, at least it had some comfort level and it was a world that I was familiar with. So again, trying to find some of those common threads, something that had that familiarity did help in that change. Um, Probably the biggest um, change that I don't know if I didn't manage it well, but was a reality check. So I told you I worked in small business finance and um, we had management change 
And so that was the first job that I was told after a certain point in time that my services were no longer needed. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't say it was a complete firing, but they decided to go a you know different direction. And that was, um, you know, the rug pulled out under me. I had been there about eight years and all of a sudden to say, hey, your services are no longer needed. Here's your, um, you know, here's your box, uh, get your stuff. And so that just took, um, lost my bearings for a little bit. And so had to kind of, again, that self-reflection, what, what do I do now? What do I go? But uh, I'm a worker bee. So I just needed to work and, um, you know, I had an opportunity to look and in the container store job was literally supposed to be a seasonal job. So applied, okay, cool. I can work for two. I think it was supposed to be about two, three weeks right during the Christmas time frame. Mm -hmm. I can get in there. It's a product I love. I mean, it's organization, love it. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, it was a place that I believed in. Um, huge interview process with the container store. They do group interview. They do, well, phone interview, group interview. You meet with a manager and then you meet with the general manager. So like three or four interviews, great practice, but for just a seasonal job. I mean, who would have wow, thought that's that, crazy. right? <laughs> so got into it, jumped right in, full bore. Um, at the end of that three weeks, um, started the conversations, really got to know the managers and had an opportunity for a part-time opportunity, kind of came up. And um, again, threw myself into it, really uh, embraced it, learned it, um, gave me more responsibility, had me start working, unloading trucks. And um, after about three months, um, applied for an opportunity to get a full-time job. And from my understanding, in normal times, that doesn't happen there. And so mm -hmm. was very fortunate, but got an opportunity to do a full-time job. And it was just from the risk um, and challenge of, of putting myself out there. But like I said, and so I, I, it turned out I managed it well, but man, it was a lot of searching, putting a lot of applications out, blasting those, you know, it's that shotgun effect. Just get those applications out. Um, a lot of people, nobody would return my calls. A lot of times I wouldn't hear anything or thanks, but no thanks letters. So that was a unsure time, you know, again, just because getting your rug pulled out from under you. You thought you had a plan, thought you were heading in the right direction. And then all of a sudden something, you know, changed. It was, it was a unique period. Yeah. In times like that, what did you do to try to, you know, keep your optimism up your, you know, just to keep yourself from kind of dwindling so that you could pick yourself up and keep going? I'm a pretty positive person. So uh, I try to maintain that positivity, not to say I didn't have the days where I did not want to get out of the bed uh, and uh, curl up in the fetal position, you know, at, at night on the couch, uh, eat ice cream or some other things uh, <laughs> just to kind of, uh, you know, recover a little bit when you get a rejection letter and those things, but really is just a new, just to kind of keep at it. Um, and keep pushing it out there. Obviously, family, I needed to make money. I needed to do something. But at the same time is um, I knew it wasn't going to be permanent is I would find something and, and willing to, and that meant two part-time jobs, whatever it took just to get some, you know, funds coming in. I knew I was willing to do it. And so, but I think that comes with just being open to possibilities you know, staying, trying to stay positive. And I knew every time I was interviewing or a part-time job, I was still talking to people and getting to meet people. And I knew that that leads to opportunities. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not that it's a roller coaster. And, you know, those situations try to 
get up, shake it off that, you know, the, the sec, the bad day and it's a new day and kind of keep moving forward. Uh, easy to say, easy to say into a <laughs> microphone, uh, not always easy to kind of do, but that's where, you know, relying on friends, family, trying to stay positive, um, keep trying to network and keep putting, you know, blasting those resumes out and just look for opportunities. Well, Ross, I know you're technically the career advisor for the College of Applied Arts here at Texas State, but you also have a role working with student veterans. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how you help them out? Yeah, absolutely. So when I got hired in career services and had the opportunity to be a career advisor, um, getting a chance to work with student veterans honestly wasn't on my radar. It wasn't that it wasn't or that I wasn't looking for that role, but it just wasn't on my radar. But um, was approached early from uh, kind of the director level side saying, hey, you know, obviously you're a veteran yourself. Would you be willing to be kind of our student veteran point of contact here in career services? Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been icing on the cake. Totally. Uh, is an opportunity to engage with um, student veterans that I have something in common with has been really a cool opportunity. Um, it's a great group of students. Um, they're going through a lot of change. So, you know, we've kind of talked about change throughout um, the, the morning. But the things that I work with students probably the most is, first off, it's just a nice to have that commonality. It's that point of contact. It's that life um, experience um, commonality that we have, even if they've done a different military service. We as veterans, student veterans and veterans um, have that again, kind of goes back to common thread, have that common thread and life experience that, that we can connect with. And so it's a safe space to kind of connect with somebody initially. Probably the biggest thing that I work with students on is um, translating their military experience. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of times in the military, we love our acronyms. We love to talk about all our duty stations, all the places that we've gone. Great. But uh, an employer doesn't care about that so much. Um, if all of a sudden you say that you were a staff sergeant in the military. Um, great. You know what that means. Um, I'm a veteran. I know what that means. But a civilian employer, an employer that doesn't have military experience may not know what that means. So sometimes you have to translate that as a staff sergeant is really mid-level management, is a team leader. So you need to talk about and and define it that way. There's pushback when I talk to student veterans about that because, yeah, but that's not what I was called. You know, I wasn't called that. I was a staff sergeant. Absolutely but we're having to civilianize it. We're having to putting it in terms that um, somebody that has no military experience will understand. We have in the military, you're given a lot of responsibility early. You have to problem solve. You have to critically think you have to wear a lot of hats. That is why the skills that and tools that you come from, from the veteran world, from the military world is very valuable um, to employers, but you have to put it in terms of that. You can't talk about, that you were a team leader of soldiers or that. No, it's coworkers, it's employees, it's staff. You have to turn those terms a little bit. They don't want to, you know, you don't want to talk about military equipment, weapons, uh, all things that, you know, all of a sudden somebody thinks about war, those things. It's no, is problem solving. I had a chance uh, to work with and, you know, be overseas, work with people from all walks of life, all socioeconomic levels, um, different cultures, different countries. That's a pretty well-rounded employee potential or candidate. But so that's a lot of things that I have the opportunity to work with um, student veterans and um, getting a chance to work with um, the student veteran organization, uh, Veterans Alliance of Texas State. Just engaging with that population has been just 
a blessing. Um, and again, it's an area that really turned out to be uh, what I call kind of icing on the cake because I'm already eating cake, being getting a chance <laughs> to work at Texas State, getting a chance to work with students every day. Like I said, that's my role and goal is help students transition from student to professional. Um, that's what feeds my soul. Um, getting a chance to work with student veterans and, and work with that group has been icing on, on the proverbial uh, cake there. Man, that knowledge you have of both worlds is so special and important because I can definitely tell you when I was a recruiter and reviewing resumes a lot, you know, we had a lot of military interest and it was sometimes like reading another language when, when trying to read those resumes and trying to decipher, you know, what was going to be relevant to our organization with the experiences they had. So I can definitely see that being a skill you have that no one else in our office has. So <laughs> it, it is <laughs> nice a different job. language. Yeah, it really yeah. is a different language. And just, you know, helping them transition out of using those terms and that language so that, uh, you know, they've got skills. But it's the same thing I hear from my student veterans as I hear from uh, traditional students is the word just. I was mm. just uh, in the military. I was just um, a mechanic in the military. I was just, you know, you fill in the blank. I hear it also from traditional students. I was just in retail. I was just in um, food service. No, take the word just out of your vocabulary. Own it. Be proud of it. You know, it shows hireability. It shows that you do have skills and abilities. But what you have to really think about is how do you translate that? Uh, what are those skills and abilities that, that you're coming to an employer with? So we do that with traditional students as well. But that's, you know, that veteran level is um, in the military, we're taught definitely it is not about the individual. It is about the organization, the mission, the goals, something always bigger than the individual. And now that transition from the military to first off to student and then from student into a traditional, you know, career role is now we're asking them on one page, you know, resume or in an interview, short period of time, tell me why, you know, you're awesome and the next person's not. That's awkward, not natural, doesn't feel yeah. right anyway. Mm -hmm. So even a traditional student is that's awkward and doesn't feel right. But you get to the point where now you've add that military layer, they really struggle with that. And mm -hmm. so it is talking about you do have skills and abilities that are very valuable, but we have to think about it a different way. We have to translate that a little bit different. So uh, I tell traditional students, um, I tell my veteran students is take the word just out of your vocabulary, own it, be proud of it. But what did you learn from that experience? You know, again, I don't want to know what you did. I want to know what can you do. That's what's important to employers. So if there's one piece of advice you could give students right now as they're managing all the crazy changes with COVID and career and all that, what would that advice be for them? Probably is just be flexible, mm -hmm. be open to possibilities. You know, this is an, a unique time that we're all in the jobs that were out there that we were, you know, that they were probably headed to um, may not be there right now. Doesn't mean they're not going to come back, but be flexible and open to a different job, a different opportunity just to get your foot in the door. Um, it's not going to be something you're going to do probably for life, but hey, you never know. You know, once you get into it, you never know. But just be, just keep moving forward. Be flexible and open um, to see what's out there. It's not your, it's not the plan that we thought three months ago, six months ago, uh, five months ago, heck, last week, because uh, everything's <laughs> changing daily. 
But if you're open, there's jobs to be had. If they're open to volunteering still, if you're open to networking, putting yourself out there, that flexibility and open-mindedness, um, opportunities are still going to present themselves. But you, it's not going to be what you thought it was right now. So yeah, the advice I would give is just stay open-minded and flexible. And, and I, you know, I come from the military, so ours was always you know, adapt and overcome. That's what this, the period that we're all living in. Um, it was a skill I learned in the Marine Corps, skill I use today. Uh, I didn't realize I would be using it with COVID, but it is adapt and overcome. Thanks, Ross. That was awesome. Yes, we really appreciate all your words of wisdom. My pleasure. I don't know about words of wisdom, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity to uh, hang out and visit. Uh, way fun stuff. So thank you. A Walk Across Texas State is hosted by Bridget Sarview and Tori Graham. Zachary Webb is our producer and editor. Music by Richard Hall. For free resources and additional information about our services, head over to careerservices.txstate.edu and follow us on social media at txstcareers. Don't forget to like and subscribe to hear new episodes every other Tuesday each semester. Thanks for listening, and we will see you soon.